Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is a little different. It's with Stephanie Brown. She's a licensed esthetician who has a private practice called Healthy Skin by Stephanie. She focuses on skin health from a whole body approach, especially the gut-skin connection. Please enjoy my conversation with Stephanie. I'm excited to talk to you because I think like my my two passions are nutrition and, and skin. skin. Yeah, and I'm the skin yeah. and nutrition. <laughs> yeah. So when we were chatting, you know, and when I was having my facial, I was like, oh, I need to talk to her more because I just yeah. love that we kind of share those kind of the, the plane back and forth, yes. and you can learn so much from each side, and right. they really work together. They do. And I yeah. think I probably pay more attention to my skin as I've gotten older. Oh, absolutely. Which I've also paid attention to my overall health and my nutrition a lot more too, which I absolutely. know that when we were talking, you had that same experience, but yes, why don't you maybe take me back to when you were young, Stephanie. Okay. <laughs> and when you were thinking about what you wanted to be when you grew up, how did you kind of get to this part of your life and what was that journey? Oh my gosh. And it was such a long wrap around before I got back to this, but I started out very passionate about dance. So I went to Drake for about three and a half years and I got really engrossed in the whole theater, fine arts, mm-hmm. modern dance program. But then I thought, well, you need to have a real job too. <laughs> Something that you can fall back on because as we know, the creative arts are typically not a very stable career right. to embark upon. And being in Des Moines, Iowa and not in one of the bigger markets, I thought, what's my chance? So I ended up doing broadcast journalism um, dabbled a little bit in psychology, sociology. I went all the way around the map. I was a good student, but really my passion was in the arts at that time. And I, long story short, decided to leave Des Moines, where I grew up. My whole family is here, and they still are here, and moved all the way to Los Angeles. And I'd never really been there other than to visit briefly. Um, That was a whole journey of 12 years being in. Then I got into acting and did a two-year Meisner Conservatory, um, pursued TV film, uh, print. I started in dance, but then realized how competitive that market was and they mm. said you know one of my agents my dance agents said Stephanie have you ever thought about maybe commercial work that would be another way to supplement while you're bartending and doing everything else that you do while you audition and go to go sees and so I did that and worked quite a bit but still didn't feel totally fulfilled um, and then I went back and um, kind of thought to myself, what what am I interested in? And I've always been interested in beauty and skin and all of that. So I went to aesthetic school, graduated there in in Los Angeles, started working for somebody. And then at that point, I kind of hit a crossroads in my mid-30s and thought, I think I want to move back home. Mm -hmm. Uh, My family kept trying to drag me back in, you know, get out of La La Land and come back home. And so I did. And I started working for Heartland Plastic Surgery. And I did that for 10 years and had the, you know, 
the good news with that job is that I got into more of the medical aesthetics and at that time I with my licensure could be certified in laser which I think the mm. laws have changed so I was doing laser hair removal and vein removal and learning just way more of a medical side working with a lot of medical grade skincare lines um, that were using topical prescriptions and things that now I'm not working with as much in my own in my own skin studio and then I did that for 10 years and and took the huge scary leap and went out on my own and I've been here in my own skin studio for just over three years that is um, that's a pretty crazy journey yeah <laughs> I mean that's why I was like I'm trying to give you the cliff notes but I mean there was a lot um, and I was in college and I do remember just my counselor um, saying you know Stephanie you really need to declare a major like I know you have a ton of interest here and you're a good student but we need to hone it in mm -hmm. and so I do empathize with young people that are like I just don't know what my niche is I don't know what my passion is yet I'm interested in a lot of things and I didn't really realize even when I went to aesthetic school as sort of my B plan for you know making it in the acting industry which is a whole other podcast <laughs> um, that's a we whole might other, have to do that <laughs> yeah that's a whole other world um, you know I learned a lot grew a lot being you know a midwestern girl in that environment and living in Hollywood um, you know had its many many challenges but um, thank God for the Iowa born uh, born and bred you know just well actually I wasn't born here but pretty much raised here and having that foundation of a Midwestern family that kind of kept me grounded enough sure. um, and so going to aesthetic school I think was kind of a means to making that transition but then the further I delved into it and became I just became super passionate and then my own personal health journey is what led me to your field and being more interested as just somebody that, that that isn't my expertise in researching and getting help from other professionals and, you know, helping my own health situation because I, I had many challenges. Did you experience those challenges? Because I'm assuming life in L.A. was stressful. Very. And just super hard on your body Ooh, and yes. your sleep schedule and all that type of stuff. Everything got exacerbated that was already there. I mean, I've always been a fairly type A, high-strung person. Mm -hmm. I come from um, both sides. My mom and dad, they have gastrointestinal issues. Issues. IBS is what they diagnosed me with as, as a young person. And so being medicated um, for years with that and then dealing with severe migraine headaches. Ooh. And that started to really affect me probably in my late 20s, early 30s is when it really peaked. And I mean, it was miserable. Mm. But what was interesting is it was typically with... Um, stressful times where my eating, my sleeping, um, what I was consuming, probably too much coffee and not enough water, <laughs> um, keeping just ridiculous hours with no time to rejuvenate overnight with healthy sleep, um, you know, still being in shape because unfortunately in that world I was living in, everything was about your appearance mm -hmm. and staying thin and staying fit. So even though I was going to the gym every day and maintaining a lean, healthy 
body, which I never had a weight issue, thank God. Um, but I kind of, it was embedded in me at such a young age with dance and then moving into that field is everything was based on, are you thin enough? Are you taking care of the exterior, but you're not really focusing on what you're putting in your body and how you're getting to that point and then eventually your body just says I'm done with this this is you know rebels and then you start to have all of these inflammatory conditions I had skin rashes I had acne for a period of time which I'd never had before um terrible anxiety stress depression um and then the stomach issue just was kind of an ongoing and it just probably got exacerbated to like the point yes. where you're like, I can't take this yes. anymore. And I mean, getting those migraine headaches, unfortunately, and you probably know this, is you have to go to an ER with mm-hmm. severe migraine. You can't just go to a clinic and say, hey. And so I had been on every medication known to man, mm-hmm. and eventually your body stops responding to that med. And then it was almost like taking the medication would make me more nauseous and sick. So then I'm dealing with that on top of the pain that wasn't subsiding it was just a vicious cycle and I was super frustrated and when you don't feel good most of the time and you're trying to maintain that level of intensity I mean I think there were just moments where I just was like I can't do it sure and I just wanted to quit and leave and come home Mm -hmm. Um, and at one point I did I just kind of came for an extended vacay um, and did a lot of rest and relaxation and of course eating better but um it develops a really unhealthy relationship with food is what it does. And um, I think it's so many of us, that's an issue. I mean, it's just, it's our society. It's, it's really, it's kind of, it's sad. And I, I feel for our youth because they're dealing with so much of that. And a mm-hmm. lot of the food that we eat today, and you know this, this is more your field, is just not very nutrient dense. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think it's a very good point of just like showing how stressful when your life is so stressful, you just run through the motions, but you're not really realizing the havoc it's wrecking on your body. Totally. And you kind of hit that point. (laughs) That's okay. You kind of hit that point when you were, you know, doing all the things and trying all the things. So when you were, when you decided to go back to school, I'm sure Mm -hmm. you were probably still working and you were doing all of that stuff too. My lifestyle was so, my, it was nuts. I auditioned during the day, sometimes did my aesthetics, then went to aesthetics school at night, and then I had to be on the floor at the Hollywood nightclub to bartend by 10 p.m. at night. Oh my gosh, when did you sleep? I didn't. You did good enough. I think I averaged maybe between four and six hours. Oh my god. And gosh. that is just ridiculous. Yeah. That's to crazy. do that for so long and yeah I was young you know but I mean I think we forget how much you put your body through when you do that Mm -hmm. because really sleep is so essential it is it is to everything and even to skin health I try to tell people I mean it's just the skin is a large it's your largest organ and it is directly connected to every other system in your body and they all it's complex and they all have their own ecosystem of good and bad bacteria but they all all work together synergistically mm-hmm. to help you to live and to function. 
optimally. Right, right. <laughs> you well, know, did you kind of realize in your own personal journey with going back to school, doing skin, and then your own personal health, when did you start to make that connection with how your body was reacting to the food that you were mm. consuming? And when did you start to kind of navigate that in your own personal space? I think, you know, once I came back to Des Moines and started working in a whole different, and just kind of created a whole new world, which was, you know, that's Stressful. transition is, is, <laughs> is, um, that kind of a change, um, is, yeah, it's, it's stressful. It's hard. Uh, it was a hard adjustment for me. I think it's not until maybe the last couple of years, and this is brutally honest, that I've really accepted where I'm at and welcomed it again even though I love my family and I've always been super close to all of them um you come back home and it's not the same as when you left I mean you know everything's changed and I've changed and I'm older now and um so that was hard and my health was not getting a lot better um I, the migraines were the main issue and the stomach situation. And I eventually just got sick of being sick and went to an acupuncturist and started that. And then she started to talk to me a lot more about my diet. And then I really started to think about it. I mean, I kind of knew this, but it's weird when it's yourself. You just mm-hmm. kind of, eh, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm good. I'm good. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm still, I'm under, you know, I'm still at, at an yeah. okay weight. I work out. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm young. Whatever. You're invincible. And it wasn't until I started treating myself a little more naturally from a functional medicine approach. And I have nothing against MD or medical. Mm-hmm. I've got a family full of medical. Um, professionals and I respect it greatly and they're incredibly you know talented knowledgeable but I really think I thought I think I at that point needed the marriage of the two like I needed to know certain things medically but I wanted to try a different route a different treatment so I actually it's weird but I read I don't know if you're familiar with Rich Roll but he is all about plant-based mm-hmm. And I read his um, autobiography and got super interested in more of a plant-based lifestyle. And I know a lot of people like to term it as, you know, vegetarian or vegan. I am currently vegan and gluten-free. I've been, I started out uh, cutting gluten. That was the first thing. And that's what it was the main thing that curbed the headaches and the really? migraines immediately. Immediately. Um, like within weeks. And I shouldn't say immediately, but I mean, that was a huge change. And then I started gradually getting away from meat and different things and realizing how I felt better. And I will admit, I got pretty radical the other direction there for a period of time where I was underweight. Because when you start cleaning out all that and all that toxicity in your body, the weight just naturally kind of sheds. Well, I wasn't replenishing it fast enough and still exercising and kind of operating at the same level. And so that has been definitely something I've had to really pay attention to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's been a challenge for me um, and I, I still work on it and I still am always researching and trying to read things and learn from people like you and others about health because I think 
when you are a type A person too, you tend to get really like I all of a sudden thought every food group was, you know, the demon. Yeah. You know, you start oh, to sure. get kind of radical. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to kind of hone it back in. And I tend to be an all or nothing type oh, yeah. of person. I dive in, <laughs> I'm totally committed. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I love to have some kind of a regimen. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I tend to be very habitual in what mm-hmm. I do and how I eat and live. And yes, it serves me well on many levels, but it's hard sometimes to be a little bit bendable, you know? Oh, sure. Um, and so for me, my challenge is eating out because there's not a lot. I mean, even though we have better places, I, I tend to think, well, what are what are they cooking it in? What oil and seasoning are they using? Right. It, you, what, you start to question You it. know, yeah. and so I became almost so aware, like almost too aware mm-hmm. that, you know, that can be a disservice too because then it's hard to kind of let go when you do have to be social or travel. Traveling oh, sure. is always a huge one for me. Um, in fact, I kind of avoided it because I'm like, well, how am I going to eat what I eat and when I eat it? And to fit your scheduling and yeah, just kind of what you feel into what I with. think makes me feel mm-hmm. decent. Mm-hmm. And if I eat that, is that going to make me feel terrible or mm-hmm. am I going to get a headache or a stomach issue? You know, sure. Can you tell when you eat, like if you would, you know, encounter something that you'd eat that you normally yes. don't? Does your body react instantly for you? Yes. It does. And I think it's maybe because I've restricted so many of those things for so long. I mean, I gave up alcohol. I don't even drink wine. But most of the time, that would give me a headache. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't even that I drank too much. I never was a big drinker. But even having, like, a glass of wine for a social dinner date or something, I just, ooh, it just felt terrible. It didn't matter Mm -hmm. what kind of wine. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and the gluten has just, I'm really adamant about gluten. That's like a a non-negotiable for me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that scares me because there's so many things that they tell you are gluten-free and they're not. So I always, you know, and I don't buy things that are gluten-free in the box of the bag. I'm pretty much a whole food shopper. Um, And, you know, it's it's hard. You do have to shop more frequently. Mm -hmm. But I would rather eat that way and feel better than eat the, uh, the other. So. Right. Well, and like you, like we were talking about earlier, just everyone's so individual. So yeah. you have to you have to be able to embrace what people what people do and how it makes them feel better. Sure. So you yeah. know, like yes, there's people that are be like, oh, she's you know she's crazy. She, oh. she doesn't do anything. Oh she yeah, a lot anywhere. of people think I'm just a nut job, <laughs> and and I I just kind of am, I'm pretty self deprecating. So I'm like, yeah, you're right, I am, but I, you know, it works but for you me. Feel better. Yes. I feel better. Your quality of life is better. I feel better. Mm-hmm. Yes, and not having to go to the ER with a terrible migraine where you can barely right. stand up and you're vomiting in a bag is you know I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's That's life's not. too short, you know. <laughs> I want to be happy and healthier. And now I'm just trying to get a little bit more um, relaxed, maybe is the right word. I'm trying to think of a better adjective for it. In, in being able to kind of integrate my way of eating, if you will, into social situations mm-hmm. and because you know you almost become phobic about it. Right, right. And then you develop anxiety over, oh my gosh, I can't eat what I want to eat or how is that going to work into my eat schedule Mm -hmm. we just don't realize how much of our life is kind of centered around Around food food I mean when you think about it anytime you do something social it's let's meet for a drink let's meet for appetizers let's have dinner let's go to lunch yes and 
when you have dietary restrictions that are, you know, imposed or self-imposed, um, that can be challenging. It can be challenging. But, you know, I think for your journey that you've had so far, I feel like it has to go in stages. So, too, like you have yeah. to get to the point where you're comfortable with what you're doing, you're feeling better, and then you can tackle the next part of that journey, exactly. which is maybe, like you said, social situations or, yeah. you know, being a little out. more flexible, yeah. I think is the word I was looking for, but flexible. And I think, you know, going into what I do with skin is when I tell somebody, you know, what's your dairy intake? What's your refined sugar intake? Because those are usually the two biggest demons to skin health. And, uh, gl- you know, gluten is too, uh, with e- eczema and different things like that. But, um, you know, when you say that to somebody, they're just like, oh, I have to cut coffee and, you know, my frappy and the, the milk product that I put in there and mm-hmm. ice cream and, uh, you know, it, it sounds very scary. Mm-hmm. But I think when people kind of tackle one thing at a time and kind of, you know, replace it with something else. It makes it more doable. And then when you start to see the positive effects of it, and it doesn't happen overnight. Some people it can take a couple of months. Some people it might be within weeks because they're so toxic and whatever that's, you know, inflaming. Um, I think, you know, if we can kind of look at it as it's just one day at a time, one step at a time. Right. and when they start to see the benefits, whether they feel better or their skin looks better and healthier and it glows and or their acne starts dissipating, then it's like, okay. They have that self-realization. Now that's something I can adopt. And yeah, I'm going to have maybe some moments where I don't stick to it 100%, but for the most part, what, the 80-20? I don't know what yeah, that, you know. Yeah. Um, that's usually a healthy balance. Um, it makes it it makes it so they see the reward in mm-hmm. treating their bodies differently and, and thinking of their skin as part of their body. Right. <laughs> I think so many people don't kind of make that connection, you know, that it is so much like, and the gut is a, you know, the, the skin is a mirror into your gut health. I mean, it is what everyone sees and it's a direct reflection of what's going on inside and so much of it is predicated by the health of your gut. Mm-hmm. And so that's where nutrition is a big your field is just huge. So in your practice, um, mm-hmm. which if you guys could see this space, it's so cozy and lovely. I wish you could all be in here with us. But <laughs> Thank you. What is kind of your primary focus when it comes to skin? I mean, like I, can, I know you're very passionate about overall health. So mm-hmm. when you're meeting with people and what's kind of your mantra, what's kind of your purpose with your, with your business? You know, I really want to teach people about skin health about their skin health so usually when I see somebody the first time and get to know them I ask them you know what are your skin concerns what are your what conditions are you dealing with what are you using right now what is it you want to see because everybody has a different goal so it's important for me to understand their goal their lifestyle um, you know budget things like that I, I try to kind of feel that out so I know how far we can take it you know in terms of um, complexity I think skincare regimen is really where I try to focus a lot of people want to get a quick peel get a facial and 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 just assume that that's going to change it all in one treatment and my idea is to build a relationship with my clients so that it's a comfortable space for us to go back and forth and find what works 
for their skin. And it doesn't have to be this crazy expensive complex regimen for everybody. Um, everybody's skin is different and everybody has a different, you know, some people say stuff, I just am not going to use all that. Like, mm-hmm. I barely wash my face before I go to sleep <laughs> at night. And then that's when I kind of go, okay, this is where, because there's so many options. That can, that can be helpful. Um, and then when I have somebody that has really problematic acne, then that's when I tend to try to delve a little bit and I'll say you need to go back to your nutritionist mm-hmm. or your physician, but you might want to really look at your dietary because that could greatly help yes. with our topicals in getting this under control so that you feel better. Because I really, at the end of the day, want people to understand how to care for their skin on their own. Mm -hmm. Because what's most important is their daily and nightly regimen. And I'm just sort of somebody to help guide them when we need to make some tweaks and somebody to kind of add to what they're doing on a daily to enhance it Mm -hmm. yes or to maybe take it up a level so we can get to another whatever we're doing and so I guess that's why I love being in my own practice because then I have the luxury of having that extra time and being in this private space it creates a little bit more um, of an intimate cozy atmosphere for people to just kind of you know, let let it go and, and say what, what we... Because, you know, when people's skin has an inflammation or acne or something that's upsetting them or they feel um, not good about the way they're aging, it, it really affects everybody, like, internally so much and just their whole attitude, their confidence level. I see so many young teenagers with really bad acne and I really think so much of it's their diet. But oh, sure. And the stress of being a teenager in today's... Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I don't know how they <laughs> no, do it with social I media know. and posting photos of each other. I mean, you know, it's just... It, there's so many challenges there. But um, I, I want people at the end of the day to walk out and feel good. Sure. And feel like, okay, I've I've got something I can tackle. I can do this. And I've got somebody that's going to cheer me on. And when it doesn't work, then I always tell people, don't suffer in silence. Call me back. Email me. Text me. Come back in. Bring we'll me what you're else. using. Because, you know, there's not a cure-all. And there's not an instant regimen. And so that's why when people ask me, well, is this product better than that? Well, it depends on your skin. Mm -hmm. And how it reacts to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because something that's supposed to be great for this, you may try it and your skin reacts negatively to it. Then we've got to try a different route. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. Um, I'm sure you can tell, like, again, what people are eating probably have a huge, their stress levels have a huge impact on their health. Absolutely. And I probably with kids, you can see it the most, Mm -hmm. but even I think a lot as adults, most of their skin issues are probably from food and Mm -hmm. they're probably feel like horrible otherwise too. They do. And do you, do you do, do you try to address it with them most of the time? I do. And and I have to be gentle because I am not, you know, a certified nutritionist. Mm -hmm. I am not a physician. Um, but I do feel like as a skin health professional or as an esthetician that it is our job to at least make them aware Mm -hmm. and mindful and maybe give them a little bit of information that then they can go and research. I mean, we see it so much just in the media now. I mean, the health and wellness industry was like, what, 
grossed over trillions, oh, trillions, so multi-trillions crazy. of dollars last year. Yes. So it's a fast-growing industry. But as you know, there's so much information to sift through. And the same with the beauty industry in terms of skincare products, makeup, this, that. And I feel like a lot of skincare companies are now trying to focus on supplements and vitamins and collagen boosters that you internally take and vice versa. A lot of those vitamin supplement companies are now developing skincare. So we definitely are seeing that we're... Crossover. Yes. Mm -hmm. The crossover is there. And I think it's only just begun. And there's been a huge boom in it in the last few years. And so I don't think that it's out of school really to at least mention it. Sure. Um, and usually the people that do cut dairy. <laughs> you see a huge change. I see a huge yes. change within a month. And that's usually, you know, the average of a skin cycle is, what, 27 to 42 days-ish, depending upon your lifestyle and where you're at age-wise and genetics and all of that. But, um, and then sun. Sun protection is everything. Um, environmental, I should say. It's not just the UVA, UVB, and now the infrared, but it's lights inside. It's um, so much of the pollution that we're exposed to, the air we breathe, the toxicity that we're just regularly, just things we put on our body and they get absorbed in the skin in less than 30 seconds. And right. so much gets filtered through the bloodstream and that affects your skin. It affects your internal, affects everything. It's all cyclical. Yeah. So what's your, um, how do you, so when it comes to products, I mean, like Mm -hmm. you said, there's 10,000 bajillion products out there. So many products. You know, and someone's looking at, I'm going to buy this facial cream or I'm going to buy this body lotion. Uh So much is absorbed through our skin. Uh Is there some things that you are just like, you know, I'm not a big fan of those. Those are going to cause like estrogen disruptors. And I've heard like all of this stuff out there that people's skin is absorbing through when it mm-hmm. comes to product, body lotion, you know, know. facial creams, And I think we're stuff. really hearing more about that. Mm-hmm. And myself, I'm even kind of doing a, a checklist in, in just my own personal, when you think about your your body lotion, your deodorant, mm-hmm. maybe things that you don't invest as much money in the quote-unquote expensive stuff that's for your face. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're all so, so hypersensitive about anti-aging and looking younger and the fountain of youth and and um, there's such a pressure to not look your age. Right. You know, <laughs> to be highly chemical when yeah, you're trying to, to do all those things. To basically not age, <laughs> which is, it's going to happen. Yes. We're all going to age. I mean, um, we're all going to get some lines and wrinkles, and hopefully you get, get them from smiling and laughing, too. Right. But um, y- usually when I get questions about topical things, it's it's being mindful of parabens. Synthetic fragrance tends to be a huge one that just eventually bombards people's skin and really anything that disrupts the outer moisture barrier, which is what keeps the bad stuff out and keeps the good stuff in. And it's just really, I mean, it's our protectant. That's the number one job of the skin is to keep those bad toxins and harmful organisms out and protect our insides and protect the structure and integrity of our skin. So um, when people ask me, um, I never want to um, speak ill of another brand um, because, I again, I think there's so many mm-hmm. that are decent, but then there's a lot that aren't. 
But I want to make people mindful that just the most expensive product or what's being promoted in Sephora or Ulta or any other major department store or on television with a celebrity endorsed, you know, endorsed commercial doesn't necessarily mean that it's better. Mm-hmm. Um Look at your ingredient deck. Look for things that are chemicals. When If you can't pronounce it and you Google it and it's some kind of a chemical um, that has a lot of side effects, then I probably wouldn't recommend it. Um, I think really inflammation leads to aging just to simplify it real simple and so that includes lines and wrinkles and laxity as well as uneven skin tone so we want to be nourishing the skin from the outside just like we want to nourish our body from the inside Mm -hmm. and you will look and feel healthier and your skin will look radiant and glowing and your lines and wrinkles won't be so pronounced if we're putting good healthy product which is why I really only choose products that are no parabens that have a botanical base that to my knowledge and to the best of my expertise are not going to be harmful to the skin um and i've worked with a lot of medical grade where you're using things like tretinoin and you're using hydroquinone at high doses um and i won't name those lines but we all know what they are and i think over time they just really disrupt the outer moisture barrier and when that happens it think of it like cracks in a screen door Mm -hmm. and so those harmful toxins and organisms are getting in there and eventually the body just can't fight it anymore so it gives up and then it leads to things like you know I see so much dermatitis in women Um, and and when I say dermatitis is kind of a general term for any kind of kind of an inflammatory rash that persists and it kind of comes out of nowhere and it's not really acne but it kind of looks like it but it's itchy and it burns and it's it just goes on and on and on and a lot of that is is the moisture barrier has been disrupted that's mm. when you have to wean off all of those topical prescriptions even you know the rosaceous creams and, and I'm not saying that there's not a place for prescriptions but I think long term use of anything like that we're better off trying to help our bodies our skin help itself right? and that can really come from gut health right I was going to say same goes right back to your yeah food. I mean I know yeah. we just keep going back to it but really it's the root of everything Mm -hmm. and I think we can help ourselves a lot and avoid expensive um, treatments and foreign things being put in our faces and whatever and I have no judgments on those I mean people do what they want to do and there's a place in the market but I think for the most part you can really maintain a good healthy looking skin at any age if you take care of your body mm-hmm. as a whole entity and um, we are fueled. I mean, food is thy medicine. We are fueled by our nutrition. Absolutely. And so your skin health is a direct it's a, direct, it's a direct reflection of what you're putting into your body, it, for it, sure. I mean, and you need to look at it and listen to it. So if things are going on, then that typically is going to point to something going on inside. Right, right. What has been your biggest skin challenge for your... You have the most... You have beautiful skin. Well, but. so do you. Your skin is just <laughs> radiant and glowing. Um, what's my... My personal, you mean, for yeah, my like own skin? Been, like, when you kind of think about what we just kind of talked about when it came to food and stress and sleep, and uh-huh. when in your life do you think you had the biggest stress or the biggest skin challenges and maybe how that can be reflective of what you were doing at the time 
Oh, well, I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was such a nightmare. But I, I know that it was my late 20s, and I was working a couple jobs. I was auditioning. I was finishing my two-year stretch at the Meisner Conservatory. Um, I'm driving around in crazy traffic, living out of my car and mm-hmm. taking changes of clothing, you know, because sure. you didn't have time in L.A. traffic to get all the way home and then get to your next gig. And being under immense stress from that, not having immediate family surrounding me, even though I called my mom and dad probably daily, (laughs) maybe my mom more than once a day, bless her heart. And I was in an unhealthy personal relationship at the time. And so all of those things firing at you at the same time, I was getting like acne, rashing, horrible skin and I had not gone to aesthetic school yet so I was going in this and this is why I understand people that come to me and said I've tried everything Stephanie I've tried this line I've tried that one I did did, and they're naming decent lines and Mm -hmm. some not so decent I mean they're naming they they tried they've gone every gamut and I know that a lot of that has to do with it's because you're not getting to the root cause. Mm-hmm. And when I got out of my unhealthy relationship and I finally graduated school and I caught my breath a little bit, it was interesting how my skin kind of just miraculously cleared of that weird whatever. It's What's probably a dermatitis yeah. of some kind. <laughs> um, but, um, I mean, you know, thousands of dollars later I'm sure with you know, all the things that you try oh, yeah. and trying to make and, it better and the thing and is you try them and a lot of us get super frustrated when we are dealing with a skin challenge is you try it for a week or two and you're like it's not doing anything and so you throw it out and you go to the next beauty counter or the next person what are you using for your skin mm-hmm. and then you buy the whole line or you go online and buy it <laughs> <laughs> people I've been guilty of that I know we I all have. are we're human <laughs> and you always think well what they're doing looks great so I'm going to try it Right. I get it. Yes. So why would someone want to see an esthetician over someone at a beauty counter at a department store? What makes your profession and what you do stand out over Sephora or Ulta or those places that most commonly people go? Yeah, and I have nothing against because I used to work in uh, at those counters and, mm-hmm. and all of that, and they're quite knowledgeable in, in certain things, but I think they're a little bit more product-trained driven, and I think it's kind of like if I want to learn real intricate knowledge and, and get deep about my nutrition, I'm going to go to a professional that that's their Forte. That's mm-hmm. their expertise and what they focus everything on. Mm-hmm. And so with your skin health, I think it's just like anything else. If you're going to go to your cardiologist because you're having heart issues, if you're having skin issues, it's great to go to somebody that their main focus is the skin. And hopefully they are... Um, you know, keeping up with their knowledge and their training and they want to give you the best knowledge they can about how we can treat our skin Um, because it really is, it's an organ and it's a system in our bodies that's extremely important. It's a big organ. More than just... It's a huge organ. It's it's so large, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a little different than when you go to a counter and they're trained really specifically in their product. And yes, they get a little bit 
of skin health, but it's just kind of hitting the surface because mm-hmm. their main thing is, well, what's in your product and how is it manufactured and what is it supposed to do? Um, and I, you know, and that's what they're supposed to do. That's what they're there is to is to sell product. I would rather work with you, and if you say to me, Stephanie, I can't purchase. You know, everything that maybe you might recommend, I'd rather give you some samples, some complimentary samples, or say, okay, let's just take out this item, we're going to keep these two things, but let's maybe try to incorporate this, because that's where we're missing the link. Mm -hmm. And try to work with maybe somebody, because... I understand you invest a lot of money in skincare. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, I just can't throw that away. It was, you know, a $400 cream or, you know, I hear these crazy prices. And so I say, okay, let's use that up, but let's try to incorporate this. Or unless I just think it's something that is detrimental, then I might say, I really wish you wouldn't use that. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's not make the skin more angry um, and we need to stop using that. But usually what I'm telling people is please use a sunscreen. <laughs> Please do that. If there's probably that's your number if one. If there's product. one thing you can yeah. do when they come to me, which a lot of people come to me for aging, which I get it. No one wants to age. Um, But when I say I sound like a broken record, but please, please wear sunscreen every single day, 365 days a year, whether you're inside your house or not. They look at me sometimes like that is ridiculous, but it's true. Mm -hmm. You can help yourself so much. Is by wearing I feel like it. people in Iowa fight it. I don't they know why. Do. do you feel that way too? They do because by golly in LA, when, you know, it's 75 and sunny almost all the time. But you see women with gloves and hats and <laughs> scarves and big huge sunglasses um, because they're doing things to get rid of hyperpigmentation and lines and wrinkles and so they want to preserve it. Yes. So they're coated. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. As far as schooling, I know you went to school. Do you want to talk about like what school length of time and then also how you keep up on your education and what that's involved? Yeah. Well, usually, you know, you'll go to a cosmetology school that then has a subdivision of aesthetics. And I believe it's 600 hours. It could be more now. It might be up a ways because mm-hmm. it's been over 15 years since I graduated. <laughs> Not to age myself, but I'm in ago. my late 40s. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I've accepted it. Um, and then it's really your responsibility to get out there. And there's lots of aesthetic conventions throughout the year. Um, a lot of my skincare companies that I work really closely with have ongoing, we have webinars now that mm. you can either pay for or are complimentary. Um, you know, you just kind of have to take it upon yourself because if you don't do it, you're not going to learn it. And then I just read and listen to things. I mean, podcasts. I get on YouTube. I have a few um, estheticians that are kind of mentors, you know, in my eyes that I mm-hmm. listen to on a regular or, wa- or read their blogs. Um, I try to look into what's popular in this field and what people are looking at and read as much information as I can, even if I might not be personally doing it in my practice anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, things like laser, um, certain chemical peels and things of that nature. But, I mean, your, your basic certification or your license is pretty manageable to get in a fairly short period of time depending upon if you're going to school all day or like I had to go a little longer because I could only do the night school Um, so you only get in so many hours and um, 
but I, I, I do think we need better education just for for somebody who's coming out of general aesthetic school because I've mentored a few few that have come out and, and are fresh and they, they're ready to learn, but they haven't learned a ton in school. And so I really feel that it's, it's kind of your continuing ed that sure. is what makes you. yeah and I mean there's so many huge conventions in Vegas and LA uh, Chicago is doable for people here in the Midwest because at least you can mm-hmm. drive there if you, if you don't want to fly um, and, and do that cost of that uh, Minneapolis has some great trainings so mm-hmm. I really have just tried to stay connected in that way I just went uh, Epiant Skincare had um, their advanced um, continuing training in Chicago in September and so I, I go to those things and just soak it in soak it all in right like incredible I'm a big note taker and and um and then the beauty is now with with um technology is we can save webinars oh sure and so I will save them on my iPad and then as I'm getting ready in the morning you know doing my makeup and whatever my my skincare routine is I'll I'll listen Mm mm-hmm and I think listening to information over and over and over again, you keep soaking in more and more and more. Absolutely. So, and you need to be licensed in the state of Iowa, correct? Mm-hmm. Is that in all states in the United States? Yes. Or? Yes. Okay. And I and then there's varying things that you can or cannot do with your licensure within that in that very state to state. Gotcha. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, when I came back in 2007 to Des Moines, I was able to be grandfathered in in laser certification with being under a medical and MD. Oh, sure. But I believe since I did that in the last few years, that has changed. So I think you need to be an RN, a medical professional, or go back to school and get an, an additional, I think it's an RN. I think you have to go to nursing school yeah. now. Um, um, because there's just been so much with lasers right. and, and malpractice with lasers and you know, things that have occurred uh, negatively with lasers. Mm-hmm. And it's a powerful tool. So. so what kind of things do you offer as far as services? I think most people think estheticians. Um, Facials. Think I, of- do, I do a full. And I'm big on a customized facial. So sometimes I'll add light peels. I always do extractions. I know some don't. I always do extractions, which is cleaning out the pores. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to do everything with exfoliation, cl- deep cleansing, some kind of a mask. And I really do cater it to the skin that I'm seeing in front of me. So I take quite a bit of time initially in the cleansing process and sort of talking to my client to figure out and to feel and to touch and to see what's going on. Um, I offer dermaplaning, where, which is hugely popular now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really a manual form of exfoliation that, in my opinion, is better for the skin than microdermabrasion. I don't do microderm. I have done microderm in the past. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it personally. I feel like it tugs on the skin. And I think most of my clients are in the aging bracket and even my younger. You don't want to be doing microderm on active acne. Um, so I choose dermaplaning or light chemical peels for that. I have some medium strength peels that I, that I can do with my licensure without a medical professional. I have done the very deep peels um, back in the day when I did work in, in medical aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, really, it's more about skin health education, mm-hmm. getting good, solid facials that do something 
that that are functional, um, that are aren't just yes. I try to make it an experience where you're going to feel ther- the therapeutic benefits, but I really do try to gear it towards your skin health. Um, and so that's kind of why I've aligned myself with companies that I retail their product that have a lot of education in protocols and ways to change up your facial protocols depending upon the client. And if I'm on an acne regimen, a hyperpigmentation regimen, or just somebody that's just concerned with, you know, aging. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in terms of when, how often people come, it can be every four to six weeks, which is pretty typical if somebody's regular. Um, but you can also do them once once a quarter I tell people you know it's based on your budget your lifestyle what's going on with your skin if we're really trying to get acne under control that's really the only condition that I'm like you really do need to in the beginning at least come in more frequently so we can kind of because you can't extract everything in one sitting it's just not safe Um, it's not good Um, it's it's too much and it's very uncomfortable for the client Mm -hmm. and we have to be really mindful about mindful picking so I'm usually educating a lot of my people that are pickers which is most of us um, (laughs) is is we have to do responsible picking Um, gotcha and so I try try to yeah and so I try to educate in responsible picking of blemishes or things and to get out of your 20 magnifiers because if anybody's up in your face that close they're too close (laughs) that is very true because I think sometimes we start picking at stuff that just leave it alone yes it's better left untouched and it will just dissipate on its own (laughs) and you won't be left with the scarring yes oh my god because that's a huge one Mm -hmm. a lot of people think oh i'm only talking about pigment from sun damage no i'm talking about a lot of that purpley brown when people have had inflammatory scarring from acne picking Oh my, yeah. And a lot of people get it, especially as women, we get the hormonal stuff that's just a real bummer. Yeah. Um, And those, they fester under there. And so there's treatments that you can put on there topically to help shrink that inflammation and help with the redness so that it doesn't leave such a residual mark. But those are the ones that we cannot responsibly pick them. They need to be left alone. (laughs) Alone. (laughs) Because they will get worse. And they tend to spread. And they're painful. And so I tell people, leave them alone. Mm -hmm. You'll think me later because most people unless they're up in your face and touch they They don't even know that they're there yes Mm -hmm. you just can feel it (laughs) exactly and and I'm not saying it's not horrible and I know they're a bummer Uh but those are the ones that aren't meant to come out like another blemishes Mm -hmm. those are the ones that are meant to stay and let the body do its inflammatory response naturally and, and give it a little, give it a little topical care to mm-hmm. kind of help expedite the process. Drink a lot of water. Get better sleep. Um, mm-hmm. Watch eat, what you're eating. Watch what you're eating. Yes. Um, because it is a wives' tale to say that oh, I had a piece of chocolate and now I have a pimple. I right. mean, I don't know that it's that directly connected yeah (laughs) um but if you've had a week of just eating poorly and staying up too late and drinking too many cocktails every night then yeah your skin might look a little ravaged the next day (laughs) or the next week yeah so yes yeah I love your real I just like how you you try to do the kind of the whole health experience when it comes to people's skin and I very much appreciate that because you know a lot of people can go into a salon and have that treatment done too and you don't 
I've never had that experience with another professional like I had with you. So that's oh, why I wanted you. to have you well, on thank here. Thank you so much. That means so much to me because I, I really do feel like I, I'd rather have you go off and be able to treat your own skin. You know, that's it makes me so happy to see people like, oh my gosh, my skin is cleared up or mm-hmm. I feel like I have my glow back. It's I, I'm not so bummed out about lines and wrinkles. I look healthier and mm-hmm. I see it in clients and that's really... You know, it's not about just selling people products and treatments. Mm-hmm. It, it really isn't because especially if it's not doing anything. Right. Yeah, or, that's how we're similar because mm-hmm. as a dietitian too, I don't mm-hmm. want to babysit you with your nutrition journey for the rest of your life. I want no. to teach you. Give you the to, tools. Yes, how to yeah. do it yourself. And then I'm here just to kind of be that guide when you need it. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if you want to keep coming to me for facials, obviously, I mean, it's my business and I love to have you and see you. <laughs> um, and a lot of people just like the benefits. They like the overall. I think we're also in a time, and maybe you notice this too in your field, people are, are a little more focused focused on self-care mm-hmm. or at least trying to be more mindful of self-care and me time and some people like to go get a pedicure and that's their me time mm-hmm. or a massage and then I have others that are like no it's my facial mm-hmm. so yes. you know it's important can, it's you, know, you can prioritize it. what what's important to you absolutely so. Well, yeah. for those of the listeners that are here in Des Moines, I will put all of your contact information you. in my Thank show notes. You. I you appreciate always, that. Yes, I hope people tap into your services because they're amazing. And for all of you that are not in Des Moines, you're missing out because Stephanie is fantastic. Aww, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. So I have a couple hard questions to ask you okay. at the end. Everyone always tells me these are the hard questions, which okay. I think is hilarious. Okay. But why don't you share with me some of the foods that you enjoy? I love sweet potatoes. Um, I absolutely, I know this sounds crazy, but my big salad that I have for lunch and dinner, I absolutely crave it. I love it. It's a mix of greens and tomatoes and cucumber and celery and cabbage. I know that sounds nutty. (laughs) And I make this um, red pepper. It's kind of a hummus, but it doesn't have chickpea in it. It's basically red pepper with nutritional yeast and some seasonings. And I dip veggies or I sprinkle it along with some lemon water as my salad dressing. It is so yummy. I just just discovered nutrition yeast. Love it's delicious. It. Love it. And it has protein in it. Totally. It has really, I, I was shocked. Yep. Yeah. That yep. was a new one so, for me as yeah. a So those are some of my faves. I mean, and I do love chocolate, but I try to stick to like dark chocolate and healthier mm-hmm. options. But I don't know what it is about sweet potatoes. I find those to kind of those curb my sweet tooth and mm. they're full of vitamin A and full of so many good nutrients and they're a good starchy vegetable and they're delicious. They're awesome. And I don't put anything on them. You don't need to. No. They are so I cook fine them by in themselves. the oven and they're just lovely. Love right. them. They are. They're amazing. <laughs> um, beverages that you enjoy? Water. I drink only really water. Um you know sometimes a protein shake um that's vegan and what else i pretty much drink water and i like lemon in there i always start my day with warm lemon water before i work out and that's a great kind of um i learned that just in kind of my food journey and my health journey of just Mm -hmm. hydrating first thing um do I enjoy a cup of coffee? Yes, I do. Um, and I do non-dairy creamer. And sometimes, you know, I like to put cinnamon. Cinnamon's one of my favorite seasonings mm, of all time. Too. Love cinnamon. Yes. Um, and I juice usually in the morning. So I'll do a, a juice. 
and it's usually mostly greens, celery, cucumber, kale, spinach. Um, I might add like a half a pear. Pear's really good for wrinkles, by the way. It Pears. Um, and um, that gives me enough kind of a sweet, but yet it's my juice, and I don't typically always drink all of it, but I, I like that to start my day. Tell me why pears are good for your skin. They have a certain vitamin. I'm going to have to go back to my notes. <laughs> but I know it helps with nasolabial folds, which are the, the little lines around. Your mouth and mm-hmm. nose area. And it's a certain mineral. You'll have to get back to me. I will. Oh, I yes. will. <laughs> but um, pears are really good. And obviously the highest antioxidant with the lowest amount of sugar is going to be your dark berries. Mm-hmm. So I tell people that whether it's for skin concern or not. Blackberries, blueberries, raspberries. I mean, raspberries. they're all, right? Mm-hmm. All the berries. The yes. berry family. So if somebody's trying to cut sugar, but they're still keeping fruit sugar, because I always tell people, don't demonize carbs. I mean, a right. vegan diet is really carb. Right. Carb-loaded. But it's the quality. Of what you're eating. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. That's funny. I always tell people that pears and berries and apples are kind of and kiwi are kind of my yes top, top yes or fruit yes because of i don't know why because of fiber content but also and lower the fiber sugar in content. the in the yes mm-hmm. um yes but there is a specific and i'm i can see it in my notes and i'm trying to remember <laughs> with pears but i just remember reading that and going oh that's interesting because yeah. i really love pears I do. especially when you kind of get bored with apple yes. um I think the glowing green smoothie, which I think Kimberly Snyder, she's a guru I follow. Um, but, I mean, you can do a glowing green smoothie on a daily, and that's awesome for your skin, for your health. And that, you just get your little blender out, put some kale, spinach, water, Blend lemon juice, apple. You can switch up your fruits, mm-hmm. add a little cinnamon in there if you want, and drink your green smoothie. That's probably be better for some people that don't like to eat vegetables. Yes, yes. An easy way to do that. Agreed, mm-hmm. agreed. I There's think plenty so. of us that don't eat vegetables. I know. <laughs> and I don't know. I love them. I love the crunch and the texture. Mm-hmm. But I think when you retrain your taste buds, you start to crave that stuff. You do. And you like it. Same way with water. People that don't totally. drink water. I really, I mean, I always have like a mil- I always have <laughs> water. Have like two containers. I know. <laughs> I always have water. It's but good. to me, and what is it, half? your body weight and water a day mm-hmm. is kind of a general but obviously it depends on your age your conditions working out exercise yeah, all of that of how much yeah. caffeine you may or may not drink so mm-hmm. yeah what's uh, some favorite scents or smells that you enjoy well funny that you mentioned that because my little side business that I'm embarking upon is creating my own perfumes which are over here in my I saw that little, on your Instagram and so I I have always been just a fanatic about scents and I've collected perfumes for years and so I guess if I had to, to name certain notes I like a lot of indie fragrances and things that are just kind of off the beaten path um, but I love like patchouli lemongrass um, bergamot um, I like vanilla I kind of like kind of a unisex blend mm-hmm. so I tend to kind of like that spicy with maybe a mid note of some florals in there which, believe it or not, is in so many perfumes and, mm-hmm. and fragrances. Um, but yeah, I, I you, I'm a fanatic about perfume. So and and fragrance and using oils that are 
more of a natural grade instead of getting your synthetic fragrances that you might buy at a department sure. store. Which so causes people to sneeze and have allergic yeah, and have allergic and skin conditions and things like mm-hmm. that. But, but you can get those from essential oils, as you know, too, sure. if they're not diluted properly. Right. And some people are, you know, I always tell people be, be be careful with lemon tea tree oil, and I think actually not so much lemon but lime. When you get that on your skin externally and you are exposed to UVA and UVB. You can get skin irritations from that and and dispigmentation or hyperpigmentation or hypopigmentation. So those are the ones you do need to be mindful of if you're topically applying those at a fairly high strength and then going out into the sun in the sun and the heat. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Favorite colors or colors that you enjoy? I love this kind of, what do we call this, spa, like sagey yes. green. Mm-hmm. Um, I love um, kind of a deep, like a velvety purple, like not, I'm a huge, huge Stevie Nicks fan, so like <laughs> anything in like that mystical kind of she has a lot I know there's a lot of black which I don't know that you know we could be with that's what up for debate on whether or not that's a color but I mean mm-hmm. I like kind of that deep burgundy deep purple kind of yes, those like pretty earthy kind of goes with your smell like your sense that you yes like. uh-huh. so I kind of tend to gravitate towards those colors and those tend to be things that I wear deeper like teal greens but that mm-hmm. are deeper mm-hmm. I don't know um, music that you enjoy or wow. things that you like. You like to listen to podcasts. And I love podcasts. Love and Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac are my all-time <laughs> fave. I've loved them since I was like seven years old. Um, I love all kinds of music and probably one of my favorite things to do is to go see a concert. Live music. Like, yeah, Me too. Love it. I love live and, music. And I love all different kinds. Um, so that, yeah. But I, I probably would say I'm more of like a, a, a classic rock girl. Gotcha. Um, but I do love, um, what do we call that? Uh, coffee house music too. Oh, yeah. Kind of like um, acoustic. Acoustic. Anything with really good deep lyrics. Like I'm a pretty lyric I really pay attention. You know, some people are, are paying yeah. attention more to the melody, which I do. But there's, and I think that's why I love Stevie Nicks is because she's such a poet. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I love poetry too. So um, I think that's why I like her so much. That makes sense. Because her lyrics, and they always, they always come from something kind of, you know, yeah, heart wrenching or deep. And, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this song. It makes me cry. I think I've seen them in concert like nine times. Have you? And I've Everyone seen. Everyone has a band that they like or uh, someone that they like love to see. I would literally pretty much go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <see>. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and would 70 what brings you joy in life? my family my job um making people smile when they leave here or when people text or write me back or email me and say I'm loving how my skin looks I really do I mean I know it sounds cliche but I really do I'm really fueled by that Mm -hmm. is by positive feedback and knowing that I'm doing something that's not just me having a job and getting up every day and doing it and 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 making a living but that it's making a difference in someone I think and I think that's why I got out of the whole acting industry is because I could finally focus my attention not on me as the product 
as selfish as that sounds, but that's mm-hmm. what you are, to focusing on other people and being able to give that to others. And I think as an esthetician, a hairstylist, anybody who deals one-on-one with people and builds relationships, you do kind of become a little bit of a pseudo-therapist too because you listen to people and you know they're in a safe space to you know tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly and you kind of take it in and offer support in that way too as well as hopefully trying to make them feel better or walk out of your practice or your salon feeling like, okay, you know, I feel better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you did that for me when I came. So. Thank you. Yes, thank lovely. you. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this whole conversation. It thank was you wonderful. for having me. I enjoyed this. Yeah, we'll have to do a part two or something. Absolutely. And continue the conversation about skin and yeah. the acting and all that stuff. All of that <laughs> weird, crazy, this weird <laughs> <Like> journey, <laughs> this crazy journey that I was on. And now I'm back to, re- you know, normal reality. <laughs> Whatever that that is right quotes, I say I'm being <laughs> facetious but yeah I don't know that I'll ever be totally normal but yeah it's okay yeah That's we great. all have our thing we all dance to our own beat right we do. We so do. well thank you thank you I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Stephanie she's a wealth of knowledge and I appreciate her sharing her own journey and experiences with me when it came to stress her skin her gut issues She truly is a special type of esthetician. I mean, she knows her stuff for real, and she gives great facials. If you're in the Des Moines area and want to connect with her, go over to the show notes, or if you just have questions about skin health or maybe even becoming an esthetician, you can find her contact information there. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.